Okay. Hi, welcome to RPTV. This is Saratova Beth. We are preparing for the 15th above, and we are discussing the question of um, the 15th above is one is the day that many things happen, including what's called Kale Mesi Midbar. Uh, you know what to do to unmute yourself if you want to make a comment. Kale Mesi Midbar, the people in the desert that were passing away every single year stopped passing away on the 15th above. And we want to ask ourselves the question, what was that about? Why did they stop passing away? Of course, why did they pass away? Because when, when Hashem, when, when the spies, the Raglam, however you want to call them, the men were sent to Eretz Yisrael to see the land, ostensibly they were sent by Meishur Rabbeinu to come back with good news and whet the appetite of the Jewish people to go into the, into the land of Israel. Instead, the Meraglim, they were men after all. <laughs> if they had sent women, which they couldn't have, um, it would have come out very differently. Uh, but, you know, the women would have come back and said, oh, I saw this cute little tree. It was so cozy. Let's go. And, oh, I saw this place where they were growing vegetables. Oh, I can't wait. And everybody, all the women would have been all excited to go see the vegetable garden. And we would have gone. But the men came back with their male approach. And, um, and maybe you could say, you know, from a male point of view, if we were the men going into the land of Israel and we saw what we saw, we would also come back with difficult news. Because I, I, I'm going to postulate that you had to have a feminine mind, a feminine energy, to see what was supposed to be seen in Eretz Israel. What does that mean? Men are from the, women are from Malchus. Men are from a reality above the world. Men are from a place um, a spiritual place, um, and they do very well in that spiritual place, above the world. Women are from, that's their source. So that's why men do very well in shul. You look down in the morning in shul, and you see all the men chatting with their tefillin, after they take off their tefillin, and before davening, and after, and they, they look happy. They look happy. Men need to go to shul three times a day. They they need it for spiritual reasons. They need it for social reasons. They need it for recharging who they are. They need to be reconnected to God because they 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 live in a place of Zah, a spiritual reality above the world, and that's where they are in their zone. So they're in their zone when they're in Shul. When you send a man out to work afterwards, he struggles a lot. Work is a, a place of struggle. But when you send him into the world, he's not set up by the source of his neshama to feel very comfortable in this world of dichotomy and duplicity and struggle. He doesn't know how to do it well. He does much better in shul. That's why right after work, he has to go to mincha. In the middle of work, go to mincha and recharge. And then after work, go to myrib and recharge. He has to go back to his natural habitat, habitat, which is zoth. Not Malthus. He has to go back to that place and he recharges. Women, one second, I'll explain that in a second. Women live in Malthus. Women live, they experience Hashem in the world. A woman is peeling and grating a potato and making kugel and she can experience Hashem very, very um, organically within that experience. Okay, she may find it boring, but, but she can experience Hashem as she's grating that potato in a way that the man cannot. 
He needs to go to shul to experience Hashem. She can experience Hashem while she's making the potato kugels, which is one of the reasons why they have to go to shul and they have to put on tefillin and we don't. They need, they can achieve, they have to go to shul to achieve what we can achieve by sitting at home. We can achieve it by anything. In fact, um, uh, quite honestly, one of the very the very first year I ever heard from, I'll say, a certain speaker, um, he said many years ago, when he was just newly married, he told us that um, his friend had had gotten engaged, and his friend uh, and his Kala, they went shopping to look for furniture that they were going to buy for their apartment, and the Hassan came back and said, called up his friends and said, I'm calling off the Shiddah. And they asked why. And he said, because she's fried out. She's not, she's not a firm girl, really. And why, well, what made you think that? You, you met her many times and you got engaged. He said, we went shopping and we were, we walked around for hours looking at stuff, you know, all kinds of stuff, furniture, chachkas, this and that. And she was so into it. She was so involved in it. He said, we learned in yeshiva. Somebody who involves themselves like that in the physical world is not a firm person. They're, they're off. And so the speaker said, wait, I have to explain to you. This is called a woman. This is a feminine energy. A woman will experience Hashem in, in Walmart as she's looking at the different colored fake flowers. She will, she can experience Hashem there. She doesn't have to run to Shul to like reconnect with Hashem after she was looking at all, they have a hundred different colored fake flowers. She can experience Hashem in that experience. She's from the world of Malchus. She cannot experience Hashem. For him, he said he once went with his wife, and they did what he said. I never heard of such a thing called window shopping, where you're buying windows. And he said, I came home. I did it for her. I was already married. I did it for her. He said, I came home. It was really one of the most depressing days of my entire life. I felt so empty and so disgusting. I quit grabbed the Seder and like to reconnect. I, I felt like I was running out of air, God forbid. And I thought she probably was also very depressed and we're not going to do this again. And I hear her getting on the phone with her sister and saying, oh, we had such a great time. Yeah. We went window shopping. She was in, she was in seventh heaven. Why? She experiences Hashem within the world, within the physical world, which is the way our youth experienced it too. And the male energy does not experience Hashem. In the physical world, the male energy has to go to shul. Man is from Zah, the woman is from Malchus. So going into Eretz Yisrael, and this all culminates with the 15th of love, going into Eretz Yisrael, you have to have a certain kind of feminine energy, like, oh, yay, you know what? Everybody's going to have a little house, and we can put up little curtains, and, and oh, it'll be so cute, and maybe I'll put an awning. Oh, maybe I'll plant something in the backyard. Oh, and the men are, oh, my goodness. We cannot leave the Midgar. For that, that means we're going to have to fry out. I'm going to have to spend time thinking about, my, my, my wife's going to ask me, who should we get to come in and put on the awning? I'm going to have to stop learning Tyra to deal with an awning. I'm going to fry out. Where will I experience God in this? I will not. This sounds awful. I don't want to go. It sounds not much better than Mitzrayim, a new kind of slavery. Keep me in the midbar. That's the male energy. Keep me in the midbar. 
where you experience truth. Hashem, burning Tyra. <sighs> and Hashem was saying, no, we're all going to be feminine now when we go into Eretz Yisrael. Feminine means dear Betach When you live in Eretz Yisrael, you're going to be buying, you know, calling somebody in to measure your house for an awning and, and ordering a gate to put around the, to put around so nobody runs out of the yard and all these other things. And that's called godliness. Dear Betach so the, 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 the women were saying, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I know Hashem, I want to meet you in the garden. And the men were saying, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'll fry out. It's a horrible, it's a torture. I'm not going. So, because from the male point of view, if you're from the world of Zah, where you resonate in spirituality, and you don't, you don't experience God in the physical, who wants to go there? No, no normal man would want to go there. Only a woman would want to go there. A woman will experience God in Eretz itself. So therefore, Hashem said, okay, the men are going to, they're not going to go. And the way we're, Hashem said, the way we're going to do it is in a very gentle way. Every single year on Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av being the anniversary of, of the day when it became very obvious that this idea of being in Eretz Yisrael, the men came back and said, we can't go, we can't go. Same reason. Hashem says, I get it. I even created you that way. I guess I was hoping that I gave you enough Tyra that you could somehow experience the feminine energy in yourselves, and you didn't. So it's not going to work, and you're going to become the leaders and mess everybody up and make a big challenge out of everything in the land of Israel and confuse all the women and all the other men. You're going to make a mess. Stay here. It's not going to work. Stay here. And they said, we want to stay here in the Midbar. So Hashem said, we'll do it in a very gentle way. And every single year on the on Tisha B'Av, the men who had reached the age of 60 that year, that um, they would dig their graves, lie down very gently, go to sleep. And they gently, in their sleep, just left the world. It was a very gentle, loving process. And every single year, the next group that reached of men that reached age 60 would do that. Until the last year. The last year, um, the group who was 20 years old when we first started in the desert, the big, strong guys, they were now, 40 years later, 60 years old. It was their turn. And it must have been a very, you know, I don't know if anybody was upset. Maybe the wives were upset. <laughs> you know, they were left by themselves. But it's possible that it was considered, it wasn't a punishment. It was, hey, guys, listen, you want to tune into your feminine energy and go to a gu'ula reality, a blend of masculine and feminine? Because then, hey, let's go to Eric Michelle. But they said, we can't, we can't, we don't want to. Ech. Okay, listen, who can push you? So it must have been a very loving process. Comes the, the 40th year in the Midbar, the last year, and the, the now 60-year-old men get in their graves, they lie down, and in the morning they wake up and they, they are like, wait, where am I sleeping? Oh, my goodness, why am I sleeping in this pit in the earth? Oh, right, the Tishabub thing, I'm 60 years old. Well, what's going on? They were very confused. They said, this doesn't make any sense. They said, well, they said to themselves, weren't they supposed to kind of leave the world? And so they didn't know what to think. 
so they looked up at the moon. The next, they said, well, maybe we re- miscalculated the day. We know what the moon looks like at different phases of the month. Tonight was, last night was Tisha B'Av. So what's going on? Did we miscalculate? We didn't understand which day of the month it is. So night after night, they would do the same thing. They kept thinking, well, we miscalculated. This wasn't Tisha B'Av. We must have miscalculated when Rosh Chaydish Av was nine days ago. We thought we saw the full moon. I guess not. Must not be Tisha B'Av today. So they would do this on the 10th of Av. They'd gone in their graves, woke up the next morning. On the 11th of Av, they're getting more confused every day. They keep waking up in the morning. They keep going to their graves, going to sleep. They wake up in the morning. This never happened before for 40 years. They don't know what to think. So what happens? One night, you know, they prepare themselves with their pillow, their blanket, their, you know, uh, hot chocolate before they go to sleep. <laughs> they say a mafil, they look up and they're about, they're about to settle in for the night. They've been doing it for six nights. And they look up and they say, wait a minute, look at the moon. It's a full moon. Yeah. Well, then what does that tell you? That means tonight is the 15th of Av. It's Hamisha Sarbav. It's a full moon. I'm looking at the moon. And so the men said to each other, what's going on? Six days later, every night, get in the grave and go to sleep and wake up again? Never happened before. What's going on? And so they said to each other, oh, my goodness, the Gezeira of the opposite of life for this generation must be finished. The gazera on the opposite of life has expired. That's it. No more dying. No more dying in the desert. Then what? Life. Life. These men, 60 years old, the ones who were 20 years old when they started, they, it was decreed they would not leave the world. They would live. But it's not so much who was told they would live. When, on the 15th of Av, and the 15th of Av is a day that has in it two realities. It looks like it should be a day of opposite of life, but it's real. well, no, really, sorry. Tisha B'Av is a day of opposite of life, but Tisha B'Av is a dual reality. Tisha B'Av, total destruction, gullus, you know about that. And, as we said, Tisha B'Av is a day, it's a birth. Is it death or is it birth? You know, in the newspaper, the obits and the birth. So Tisha B'Av is, they put in the newspaper, obits. Oh, we're so sorry to announce. Based on musicians no longer here. They put it on the page 15. And then on another page, it says, Mazel Tov, a baby was born just a second ago. His name is Mashiach. And, and he was born in Mazel Tov. We have two ads going in the newspaper on the original Tisha B'Av, the obituary. End of the base of Middash, and at the same time, first mother of baby's born. Complete dual reality going on in Tisha B'av. The mother of the baby is born is life. Baby's born, life. Hopefully eternal life. Really, when a baby is born, we want to see them in their truth as they will be in Yemais Mashiach, living forever. So that moment of birth, and besides which, who's going to live forever if anybody's going to live forever first? Mashiach. (laughs) That's what he does. So the moment that Mashiach is born on Tisha B'Av, boom, 
You know what's brought into the world? Eternal life. Because Mashiach includes within himself the energy of eternal life. So Mashiach is born and ushers in Chaim Nitzchim, eternal life. However, that's the good news. That's on Tishabot. However, nobody sees it. They read about it, but they don't see it, so they don't believe it. All they see is the destruction, obituaries from Tishabot. They don't see the good part. Come the 15th of us. And the hidden good Mazel Tov news. Mazel Tov, eternal life has just been born. Mazel Tov. That his hidden Mazel Tov eternal, to eternal life having just been born, to Mashiach just being born, which was hidden on Tisha B'av, it comes out on the 15th of Av. The 15th of Av is the revelation of what is concealed on Tisha B'av. So that means that, tish, that the 15th of Av is a day of Mazel Tov, birth of, revelation of, eternal life for the generation. So, what happens? Eternal life is introduced on that day. Was it, and where did we see it? Where did we see it happening? We saw it in that passing away was considered normal. Normal. Part of, part of the normal reality. So passing away, now again, what, 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 is this, what does this represent? Men passing away in the desert on the way into Eretz Yisrael. What does it represent? That it came to an end? We're talking about the masculine aspect. Can somehow live in a Gashmistic world and, and do it well and be spiritual and be, be godly. Can't. Number one. Number two. Number two, we're talking about, um, one sec. We're talking about, yeah. Uh, we're talking about having come out of slavery and then tasted it, receiving the Torah. So we're born now as Jews. So when we were born as Jews in the desert, or as we came out of Mitzrayim, we learned that being a Jew involves obituaries, Rachman Aslan, basic, basic life. So Tisha B'Av represented basic life for a Jew. And Tuba'av represents a new Geula type of basic life. Basic life for a Jew means Rachman Aslan obituaries. God forbid. That's in Gullah. In Geula, basic life for a Jew means eternal life. Eternal life. So on that day of the 15th of Av, it switched over. The, 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 the thermostat switched over to, yeah, basic life now is no one has to pass away. No one has to pass away. If no one's passing away, if it was a day of passing, now it's a day of life. The 15th of Av is the day of life for the generation. Life for a Jew means eternal life. So the 15th of Av is the day of eternal life for the whole generation. Okay, well, the rain is stunning. 
Okay. So then now we understand when it says, does anybody have trouble hearing me because of the rain? I can, uh, you know what, I can go and I love it, but if anybody's having a difficulty No, you're fine. So far, so good. 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 So if eternal life, the 15th of love is the day of eternal life for the generations, based on, again, how do we know what happened in the Midbar that last year? And in a second, I'm just going to say, why did, why did it become obvious to us on, you know, in that year? I'll say in a second, if I didn't remind me, please. So that means it's a day of eternal life forever. Well, that's a yuntas. So now when we apply what we learn, there were no yamun titan for the yidin like chamisha aser ba'av, like the 15th of Avin Yom Kippur. Well, yeah. How could you, it's implying that the 15th of Av is a bigger yuntas even than Yom Kippur on some level. There were no yamun titan for the yidin like the 15th of Avin Yom Kippur. 15th of Av is said first. What's the big yantif? What's the big yantif? I'll tell you what the big yantif is. What's the big yantif of Sukkot? Ah, the time of our joy. Okay, good. What's the big yantif of Rosh Hashanah? Oh, crown the Hashem king. Okay. What's the big yantif of, of Pesach? Oh, we're, we, we get out of slavery. Okay. What's the big yantif of Shavuot? Oh, we receive the tyrant. Etc. What's the big yantif of, of, of uh, Yom Kippur, Purim? We were saved and we, we accepted the Tyre in a deeper way. Good. What's the big, what's the big yantif of the 15th of Av? What do you mean? Eternal life. The big yantif of the 15th of Av is it's a yantif celebrating and introducing eternal life for a Jew. Now that's a yontif. Because it's nice to come out of slavery. Good. It's nice to celebrate all these things, our joy, our this, our connection. But eternal life, without that one? And when we say eternal life, we don't just mean living forever. We mean eternal life means even when I'm 25 years old and I'm, plat- and I'm going to be living till 143, what's my eternal life? I'm 23 and it was destined that I would live till 143 and I, let's say a Mokubal told me, who knows, whatever. So I know that I have, I'm only 23. What's my, why, why, if I'm 23 and I'm going to live till 143, what's for me a big deal about the 15th of us, eternal life? not one of my big concerns right now. Oh, you want to say my relative? Fine. More than that, why would it personally be a yanta for me if I'm 23 years old? The answer is, eternal life doesn't just mean how long I'm going to live. It means how I'm going to live right here, right now. If I'm learning living eternal life right now, it means, and it's not a simple thing to live, it means I'm living with a sense of no limitation. Everything becomes possible in all realms forever. It means bleak bull. Bleak bull is no end. Eternal life. No end to life. Bleak bull means also I need to get the curtain rod into the closet. Eternal life. Bleak bull means but the curtain rod doesn't fit in the closet. 
said, big deal. It doesn't fit in the closet. So what? We'll make, so what? Watch this. Jews are miraculous people. The Jews say Hashem. You know what? One way to make, you want to make it a little smaller and a little bigger and a little bit. If we're living eternal life, that means right here, right now, we're living with no blocks in the way of everything being possible in life. I personally don't know how to live that way, but I know about the concept. And what I do know is, maybe I do know how to live that way, but I have blocks. I don't know. But what I do know is that if I'm looking for a day when it's going to be activated in me, like a big sale, you know, everything's on, you know, the million dollar, you know, you can get a car for a dollar. Hey, wait, they have, want a BMW? Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have, I don't know how much it is. What is it, $100,000, $150,000? I have no idea how much it costs. Let's say it's $100,000 for a BMW. No, I'm too loud. You can get it for a dollar. Okay. Wow, really? Sure. You want to buy a house in the Hamptons? Yeah, but you want to buy a house in Brooklyn, <laughs> right? I don't have $2 million. No, I'm too loud. You can buy it for a dollar. Oh. Oh, all right. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, do you want to have five summer homes all around the world? And, and, and do you want to fly to Eritrea and it'll only take you five minutes on the plane? Yeah, I do. Sure, on two, yeah, well, or let's say there is some kind of a plane, let's say, that can get me to Eritrea in only five hours. But the ticket is like $100,000. Nah, on two, Bob, you get it for a dollar. Ah, I like this too, Bob. So that's the energy. Now, again, we have reasons why we, we, we resist this. Like, it doesn't fit our reality. We are like the men in the midbar. They say, no, 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 no. Two out of the box. It's two out of the box. We're very rigid. It's like this or it's like that. We're very rigid. We are like that. those men in the midbar who said, nah, it's impossible. No one can live in the land of Israel owning a house and land and having to pay mortgage and having to pay taxes and all the physical stuff that happens in a physical world and be godly and ruchni. You can't do that. You can't. So the women said, why can't you? And the men said, okay, I don't want to talk about it, all right? You know, go back to the kitchen. You don't know what you're talking about. The women said, wait, excuse me. What's the problem here? And the men said, okay, fine, fine, fine. And then they quoted big fancy whatever, my mare, whatever, and then the discussion was over. But the women knew. The women knew. Like Rabbi Friedman has a sheer about Adam and Chava. He said, he reframed everything about Adam and Chava. He said, Adam sensed that Chava knew the truth in a way that he sensed. He had the humility to understand that she knows and he doesn't know. And he was willing to accept it. She senses something way deeper about truth that he cannot sense. And he was willing, he saw that, he sensed that she senses it and that he doesn't sense it. And he was willing to go with that. Which takes tremendous humility for a man sensing that. So in the midbar, they, this is it. So again, this idea of the 15th of love being a day of eternal life, meaning there are no blockages, it's an opportunity. We have these 24 hours to 
Step into a sale day, a day when this energy of eternal life, of eternity right here, right now, not just then, not just I'm 23 and I'll live till 100, I'll live forever. But right now I'm living in a forever moment in which nothing stands in the way, no limitations. That is powerfully there on the 15th of us. Extremely powerfully there. So, and, and, and then one more question is, so first of all, what we want to do is take advantage of it. Not just, uh, go shopping. I mean, you can be serious in, in shopping, but we want to really, this is a, this is a big sale day. And then of course it's a day of Shidduchim. Shidduchim are for the purpose of many things, including creating eternity. Hopefully a Shidduch hopefully leads to a marriage, which hopefully leads to generations, which hopefully leads to more generations, which hopefully leads to eternal generations. Whether it's a shidduch between two individuals actually having an actual wedding, or it's even a shidduch between in a study relationship of learning Torah between a teacher and a student, a mashpia and a makabal, all of these shidduchim create eternity. Whether a person is teaching their student or speaking to someone on the street, influencing somebody on the street, which means they're, they're the mashpia and, and they're the teacher at that moment and the person they're speaking to is the student. There's a shidduch happening there. They're connecting that Jew with Hashem. And this creates infinite offspring. Maisim taizim. Maisim taizim, good deeds, uh, mitzvahs which give birth to more mitzvahs, eternal mitzvahs. So the point of a shidduch is to create eternity. Eternal generations, where it means liter- whether it means literal children or spiritual children, in terms of students, a shidduch is put in the world to create eternity. And the 15th of Av is a day of eternity, eternal life. So, of course, it's a day of Shadduchim. They're both in the same energy. Eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, and eternal life. And, of course, it's a Shadduch between us and Hashem. And we knew about it. This is not a Shadduch that just happened. Six days earlier, we knew about the Shadduch. We were at the wedding. You know, it's kind of like we were at the wedding. On the on Tishabov, the, the the nations of the world were at the wedding on Tishabov, but the dancing didn't start till six days later. It was a long meal, had a lot of had a lot of main courses. <laughs> People kept falling asleep in between one main course and the other, and the dancing started six days later. What does that mean? On Tishabov, the the wedding happened. The Gentiles looked inside the Kaidish Kedoshim and they saw the Kruvim, meaning Hashem and us, in a very intimate embrace. There was an intimacy going on which we weren't supposed to see ever. And neither were they, but they broke all the rules and went in and they saw what they saw. That was it. They walked into the Yichud room. The guy, the enemies, they walked into the Yichud room when they weren't supposed to be there. 
But they understood there was a marriage that just happened on Tishabov, Hashem and us. But it was connected with so much, you know, that's not the way, that's not the way, you know, you don't, you don't rejoice at a wedding by breaking into the Yichud room. So after everybody recovered from the way they did it all wrong, six days later, the dancing started on the 15th of Av. And that's what happens every year. Six days after the wedding, the dancing starts. And now we're, now we're, well, after we recovered from the shock of, uh oh, I was just in the, I wasn't supposed to see that. Now we start to dance for the wedding. It's a wedding between us and Hashem. When will be the full wedding between us and Hashem? Mashiach time. So, how can the 15th above between at Mashiach times and in Mashiach times, we will live forever? So there it goes again. Eternal life, that's Mashiach times. And the wedding between us and Hashem, that's Mashiach times. So how can you have on a day of the year, the 15th of us, in Galus, a wedding between us and Hashem? That's going to happen in Mashiach times. And how can you have eternal life in Galus? That's going to happen in Mashiach times. Doesn't make sense. Oh, it's a sneak preview. A little appetizer from Mashiach times is propelled, is thrust into the year. Just into one day. The 15th of Av. It's just the energy of the future is just downloaded for 24 hours into the world of Gullah. And it brings with it eternal life. And the shidduch, the, the wedding between us and Hashem, plus plus. And it's put, it's all downloaded into the 15th of all. So the Gemara says, wow, now that's a yantif. But the Gemara says in this way, there were no yamim tayin, like for Jewish people, like the 15th of all. Right. Because the Gemara is not going to say, OMG, wow, that's a heavy day, man. The Gemara is not going to say that. But that's what it's saying. It's saying it is nice Russian. Now, that's a day. You know, what was it that when Reb Mendel Futifas, um came? Something like either he was here. I think Reb Mendel Futifas was already here. And um, he was told that a lot of hidden were coming over at the Rebbe's expense, given who had been together in Siberia in, in Stalinist times and went through unspeakable stuff together. The, the Rebbe was inviting them all. I guess they were all now in Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe was inviting them all to come and the, uh, on the Rebbe's expense to come from Eretz Yisrael to the Rebbe. Whenever it was, probably the 70s, I don't know, 80s, I don't know, I don't know when. And I think, this is what I heard, that they told Red Mendel, they're all coming. And these were his, you know, friends, friends, people that he went through so much with. And they were all coming together. And it seems that he said, they were all on the same plane? All of these giants on one plane? On one airplane? These are the giants of the generation who had unspeakable mysterious nefesh for Yiddishkeit. In Russia and in Siberia, they put them all on one single airplane 
thinking, well, that's an airplane. Devote. Can you imagine the power, the spiritual power of such an airplane? So the same thing. So much ge'ula, eternal life, and the ultimate marriage between us and Hashem, plus, plus, all stuffed into one day? The 50s of us? That's a yuntaf. Wow, that's a day. So the Gemara says if there were no Yamam Taibim like the 50s above, basically saying, whoa, that's a day. That's really quite a day. So that's the Indian. And, and therefore, the only way, we just reverse engineer, the only way that the 15th of Av could have eternal life downloaded into it and could have the marriage between us and Hashem openly revealed and downloaded into it is by it by Geula being, being downloaded into these 24 hours. You can't fake it. There is no parallel in the, in the world of Gullus that has that energy except for the Nasi Hadar, the leader of the generation, the Maishar Dain of the generation. So, and when he stands behind the 15th of August and says, this is the day. This is a day of celebration. It's a double, it's a double header. But he's saying, we're pulling. He's telling us, the Tyre is telling us, we're pulling the future into the present on this day, through this day, and we can achieve unbelievable things. And therefore, to end off, so why did the people in the Midbar in that last year, before they went into Eretz Yisrael, stop passing away? They had the merit. These men, the original 20-year-olds who came out of Mitzrayim, and they must have gone through a lot. You're talking about 20-year-old men who were really probably the hardest hit when they were in Mitzrayim. You know, they were they were... When the slavery was still going on, they were, what, 18 years old, strong. They were the ones who were really, you know, it's not easy to be a kid and a teenager going through that horrific slavery. And they really, you know, they saw the worst in the shrine. They grew up as kids seeing horrible slavery in the shrine. And they finally came out and they're in their prime. When we come out of Mitzrayim, they're literally in their prime, ready to, they're in their prime, ready to kind of jump into a new reality. Strong, strapping 20-year-old men, boom, let's get out of here and go, sort of Shem, you know, on Harsini, and let's go. They weren't slept down with the babies. And they weren't old and they were, you know, big strapping young men. And they saw a lot and they went through a lot. And somehow they had the merit to be the ones who through their own lives testify to the world. We have moved to a new reality. They were the only men who didn't pass away. I don't know what happened to them. Did they actually go into Eric's throw? Did they, because they were at that crossroads in history of who they, you know, what age they were and what they saw when they were in slavery in the Triumph and, and they jumped into going the first 40 years in the desert with that enthusiasm, did they have special energies that somehow that generation of men who now turn 60 in the last year, when they're at the bridge, 
they're the ones who they they tried it six nights in a row, tried to pass away, tried to be loyal to the gullus reality, and it didn't work. They were the ones who had who ended up declaring with their own lives, "Well, I guess we're going to live. Yes, this is a new reality." Okay, and somehow they had that merit. And so, and, and, the, and, and at that moment, when you're letting go of, you've seen the worst of the slavery, you were a little kid, you saw your father being whipped by the taskmasters for not working fast enough. You went through that horrific, unspeakable torture. You saw it. You grew up like that. And at the same time, then you, you, you were young enough and fresh enough to see coming out of Mitzrayim, the Geula, and you threw yourself in for 40 years to enthusiastic, excited learning, pure learning. 40 years in the Midbar, and you had the strength to wander and schlep from place to place in the Midbar. You went through all this stuff. And now... You're going to be, in a way, the only men who have the ability to just, you know, we're going to, it's a new way. There's a third frequency. Every single thing we went through, the slavery and the receiving of the tyrant and sitting and learning for 40 years was all created for the purpose of putting together it all together as a combination which will now take us into Eretz Yisrael for a whole new way of living. Living a physical, goshmiastic life, deeply spiritual, while we're in a deeply physical world, putting the two together. And, 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 you know, leading. So that seems to be the task today for every one of us. We're standing, we are those people that are at that bridge, that moment where Hashem is saying, the Rebbe is saying, let go of the old Gullah's way. We're stepping into a new Gaula way. We need to do it al pi halacha, in a kosher halachic way, and, and check it every second and make sure our moving into Gaula is consistent with halacha and taira. And from there, we take it into a leadership of being leaders of eternity, of bleak rule. And go into Eretz Yisrael. And so these, this day of the 15th of August should be the day of eternal Geula. Find ourselves in the base of the Shlishi. And it should be this greatest young that will lead us, just take us right into the Geula Mitzvah, especially in the, in the, in the